Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good evening to you wherever you are listening to us in this fine evening wear. As long as it's evening and you're wearing evening wear, you can listen to us wherever and whenever you want. If it's anywhere or any when else, how dare you? Go fuck yourself. Postpone your listening session until past 6pm. Go drape yourself in a gown of some kind. Jedi gown might also be appropriate. Well, I gotta get some Kenobi robes. You know they're comfy. You just know they're comfy. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast in which I, Liam S. Smith, have seen all of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and you, Nick Ballantyne, have seen most of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. We're talking 89% at this point. <laughs> of the animated stuff, at least. Ah, whereas the manga i have zero clue and then we talk about it (laughs) at length at over 150 hours by now i'm sure hey what episode are we up to now today this episode we watched okay so uh it's it's episode 32 yeah of gold experience aka Golden Wind, it's not called God Experience, so when I say AKA, I mean, I mean CKA, correctly known as. Uh-huh, yep. Um, AKA Vento Oreo, AKA Ugon no Kaze. Correctly also known as, unlike the other previous one, which is falsely known as. So it's episode 32. Episode 32, according to the wiki, according to one of the two blocks of text that flashed up on screen at the same time, mm-hmm. one of which was like... Episode 32, Green Day and Oasis Part 3. And another one of which was like, episode 31, Japanese characters. And we both went, hang on a minute. Hang on a second. Something doesn't add up here, and I'm pretty sure it's those two numbers. (laughs) Oh, man. What a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah, I sure hope someone got fired over that blunder. I mean, look, I'm not saying David Productions have gone way downhill. David, how dare you. Since episode 30, but my God. Uh, it's also the 145th episode of the JoJo's Bar Adventure anime, or perhaps, according to a certain number, 144. Ooh. Uh, covering chapters 563 through 567 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga, which is, of course, ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. <laughs> See, when Araki, the alien that he is, came down from the heavens above, and Heavens above. And gave us. Manga. Manga itself. Its first true inception in Jojo's Bizarre uh, Adventure. We were blessed be us. Great. Okay. What's new, Nick? Um, well, I've been reading Frank Herbert's Dune. Ah, not to be confused with Frank Capra's Dune. <laughs> exactly. Or, uh, who's another Frank? Sinatra. Frank Sinatra's Dune. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. <laughs> Great, but, but it's really fucking difficult to talk about without being like, mm, yes. So you see, the count is going after the other duke, but the duke isn't really the duke. See, the duke is just a mere player, and it's like. So there's this guy named Paul, and everyone else is named like. Yep. Quick quacks. Yeah, and, literally, and it was like Junkado. When when I was reading it, I was like, wow. Okay, so we've got Goodry Hennick or whatever his mm-hmm. name is. We've got. Uh, Duke Leto, and I was like, oh, Jared Leto. We have... Uh, great, great reference. We have Mother Reverend, who so far I only know She's as... She's both a mother and a reverend. Well, I only know her as Mother Reverend at this point, and that she has psychic powers. I'm like, cool. And Paul. And Paul. <laughs> it's like, what will this ragtag team <laughs> adventurers get up to next? Yep. So I was really disappointed because, you know, the famous quote, fear is the mind killer? Yep. 
That happens within the first 20 pages. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. But sure. maybe they bring it back. Well, I'm hoping so. But I was like, oh, so that's that's the quote. Oh. It's a wonderful dune. Yep. Uh, there was the other famous bit with like the weird square box thing where he like puts his hand in. And I was like, oh, that must happen like a third of the way into the book. It's the first thing that happens. It's just... Put your hand in this box, Sonny Jim. Put your hand in here. Literally, the whole sequence a, um, is just... Oh. There's a, a... You know the League of Gentlemen? The British um, dark sketch comedy show? Not the League of Extraordinary no, Gentlemen. very distinct. Right. The League of Mediocre to Average Gentlemen. Yeah. Yep. There's a bit where they go to the um, the prank shop in the creepy town that it all takes place in. Okay. And one guy comes in and he's looking at, um, he's looking at all the prank toys... Um, and they're all like surprisingly harmful. Like it's like, oh yep, you give it, you put it, put that in a guy's clothes. He he shits himself to death. Things like that. <laughs> um, okay. And so he's like, you're not leaving unless you buy something. Well, I don't want any of this. Um, okay, okay. Put your hand in here. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Put your hand in here. Okay. He puts his hand in the box that's connected to the electricity. He just gets a big shock. <laughs> Does he die? No, he just gets electrocuted. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's what that reminded me of, Dune-wise. Yeah. Come on, Paul, put your hand in here. Put your hand in the box. But I don't want to. Put your hand in the box, Liam. Yeah, so he puts his hand in the box, it hurts a bit. Then <laughs> he was connected to the mains. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, he puts his hand in the box, he's like, ooh, it hurts, it burns. And the lady's like, keep your hand in the box. He's like, but I cannot. Don't be a little shit, keep your hand in the box. And then he does, and then it just stops. It's like, good. That was a test. A test for what? To see if you were a human. To see if you would put your hand in the box. <laughs> it's like, but, but why? It's like, well, turns out, just wanted to see if you were like, you know, a human being. It's like, couldn't you have tested this with some other test? I could have, but I got, maybe, I got but this pain I? box. So. I, was getting, I was getting a good vibe. I've got to use it so I can write it off. <laughs> it's, just, it's like, it's stock take and I needed one usage out of this before I could really get rid mm. of it. So, uh... Put your hand in the box again. It's like, no, I'm not putting my hand in the box. Oh, come oh, on. Go on. Come on. I'll be your friend. Yeah. Nick. Yes. Shut up. But why? Because I want to share with you some kind words of wisdom. Some kind, surprisingly relevant words of wisdom. Oh. From the author of Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Hirohika Araki. Don't you mean mankind itself? Since that is what Hirohika Araki truly is. A He's great, mankind, the wrestler. A great... Uh, Go on, thread the needle, Nick. I can see the panic forming in your eyes. <laughs> Some is it mycelial? I have no idea what you're it, talking about. It's like about. the root system of a mushroom is mycelial or something like that. Okay. And so a mycelial system is all the connected roots, uh, like of all the mushrooms and all the fungi. Okay, bring stuff. it back to Araki. So Araki is like that, but with humans, where we're all connected to him. And oh, we're all sharing the same like neural Death pathways. Stranding. Yes, a new genre of manga. Ah, I'd say. Milo cereal net like Milo cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I love a nice warm glass of Milo, Milo cereal. <laughs> That's right, you drink it in a glass, even though it's chunky. Everyone outside of Australia will just be like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's that's just a fungal network. No, Milo cereal's a real thing. Not like that mylocelial network. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> Araki says, Every time I visit a monument like the Colosseum in Rome, I feel a strong emotion. Be it a happy or sad day, whether the weather is clear or rainy, whether a war or a crisis happens, whether a young couple or Audrey Hepburn go visit it. The Colosseum has remained for many years. 
This longevity simply gives me courage. Now, if such a moment monument existed in Japan, where would it be? Uh, ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Godzilla Hotel. The hotel with Godzilla on it. <laughs> is that real? Yeah. What? The most expensive rooms are the ones you can see his face or the claw is reaching into your window. But wouldn't that mean that, like, is... Okay, is, is the claw... I have not been there. Is the claw exposed to the elements so there's just this giant gaping hole around I'm sure the they made it work okay alright because I was just thinking if it's just his arm poking through and then just air getting into your room 24-7 mm-hmm. that's a more authentic experience and one I'd pay more for and how much would you pay more for for the authentic experience of the radiation poisoning um well I mean that's a tricky one how much radiation are we talking here enough um, not great, not terrible. Like maybe 30 bucks more. <laughs> <laughs> and I suppose something like Mount Fuji. Hey, speaking of really big things that give you radiation poisoning. Well, we know that Hirokaraki is exalted by big objects in the night, which is why I circled back to that. Ah, but you were saying. Well, I was going to say, this episode <laughs> is brought to you by our radioactive friends over at Patreon. And this week... Nick trying so hard to... Coin some new cool slang. Uh, this week, our shout-out goes to postponed for the week because they haven't paid yet. But when they do, when that sweet money rolls in, they'll get their we'll shout-out. We'll say their name. Maybe make a little fun of them. We'll find out. Uh, what do you mean a little fun? <laughs> we'll literally roast them on air until they feel absolutely no mental connection to their prior self. Great. Yeah. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. A little anime that could... Be produced by David Production. Um, how much is the doggy worth? in the window? How much is the uh, is the net worth of JoJo's these days? I don't know. How much is David Productions paying David to production. make? How much is David Production paying for JoJo's content to be made? I don't know. I don't know, and I don't know why you expect what's, me to know what's this. What's the budget of JoJo's, Liam? What's the name of the doggy in the window? We open. Where we started last week. Uh, is this the right episode? Yeah. Okay. There are big oasis punchies happening. Bam, bam. I'll get you, Bruno. Bruno does that thing where he zips off the corner of like a raised bit of the street and falls down and Seko is like, ah, no mold in here. Hmm. That's interesting. Maybe you're not alive. Hmm. Or maybe you're just not breathing. Wait, that's not how that song goes. That's not how that song goes at all. Liam, I've gaffed up a music reference. Shoot me now. All right. Chicka blau. Ouchies. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? I don't know. We are very tired today. Yeah, it's been a few days. It's, yeah. Bruno's like, I can't defeat him quickly. I'll have to run away and use use my smarts. Use your smarts. Yeah, my smarts. My sneaky smarts. He runs, the opening happens, Nick turned to me and asked me to write down, the arrow's broken. Yeah, I wanted you to be my PA. Speak on that. Well, a PA no, will generally... No, not oh, that. Okay. Well, like, the arrow's broken in the op- in every logo that comes up, or every, like, illustration of the arrow, mm-hmm. it's broken. In what regard is it broken? Like, the it's half halfway down the shaft, if mm-hmm. you will. It's been, like, snapped. What does that mean? I don't know. Some kind of disconnect from the past? Maybe it's it's veered off course. Maybe the arrow was meant to be used for some purpose and now it's being reappropriated Whoa. by crime. Maybe or it's... maybe the arrow is broken. Dang, son. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, 
What could it mean? What does it mean? Is it entirely literal? But is there also a symbolic representation underneath that literal representation? What does the G stand for in guts? Is it Jorno? (laughs) Is it Broken Arrow? Is it Gold G. Roger, the man who was the Pirate King? Uh, I mean, hell yes, no. Being a gangstar is yours for the taking, but you'll have to find it first. I left it all in one piece. Uh, that feels like a really bad idea. After the opening, we're back at the end of last episode, where Seko is emerging from the ground really angry. Last time we were like, oh, we probably heard that second voicemail and, and he realised that Chocolata's dying. Yeah. No, no. He just got really angry. He's just really angry that Bruno's still alive, question mark. Also, I thought when we started at the bit where it's like, oh, how's he going to get away? How's he going to get away? We would see that. We would see how he got away. No, he just got away. No, he just it was got really away. easy. Yeah. Didn't work though. Did not work at all. Maybe he didn't get away. Oh, maybe he was just being mm. lulled into a false sense of security while Seko checked his voicemail. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That did happen, <laughs> yep. didn't it? Yeah, good point, good point. Seko's like, I've got you now, Bruno. Oh, hang on, that's me. Oh, oh. hello? Oh, yes, mother. <laughs> yes. No, I'm, I'm, I'll be home soon, I'm sure. Bruno's just there going, hey, what's what's the hold up? You coming along? It's like, no, no, it's just my mum. Don't worry, I'll be, with her. I'll be with you in a minute. Yes, mother, yes. 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 No, yes. no, not that. Nothing, anything. Yes. 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 Hang up. <laughs> oh, man. It's too real. So there's a bunch of bystanders around just freaking out because everyone just started dying after moving vaguely downward. There's like mold everywhere. But the mold is gone now. True, because uh, Chocolata's dead. Yeah, Chocolata. Chocolata. There's more unconscious people over there. And Seko is like, but the mold is gone. Hang on, I better check my voicemail. <laughs> Pulls out his phone. Oh, look, there's a voicemail. Hey, babe, it's me, Chocolata. Oh my God, I love that guy. Did you win? I'm dying. <laughs> I've got some news for you. I've got a bit of a blow to the head, he says. <laughs> when did he take this, make this voicemail? I mean, this is what I want to know. Apparently he had enough time to make two voicemails. One, as Jorno and Mister were going up to the helicopter. Mm-hmm. The other That one I buy. The other one, in between the time where he fell from the helicopter and Jorno started monologuing. Jorno did spend a long time monologuing. <laughs> yeah, but... Chickalada no didn't situational talk to him. awareness, that boy. <laughs> He's just like, now I I can see your lips moving. I'll bet you're still I can still see your lips moving. You're on the phone. You're literally talking to the other guy right now. <laughs> anyway, in case I die, which I did, um, they're going to the Coliseum. I heard them just shouting that at each other, so that was good of them. Hey, um, don't relay this information to anyone else. Yeah, that there's we know someone of. waiting there who can help them defeat the boss. And that's what they're trying to do. Uh, so I want you to figure it out and do it before they get it. You're the only one I can count on. And now I die. I just got smashed into this garbage truck and now I'm being compressed. Like so many avocados. Sure. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. We're killing the brunch industry. Precisely. And we think it's one of those one of those classic dumb anime things where like his body is like convulsing and we can't see his face and we think he's crying. Usually it's they're actually laughing, mm. but this time he just like rears up and gets real smug. And he's all like, you know what? I hate you. I don't even care about you anymore. Yeah. Is he in denial or is he sincerely Oh, that's a good question. 
don't know. I reckon he's very sincere, given that... Because he, he's on the verge of doing that... He looks like he's on the verge of doing that thing where he's like, Oh man, can't believe it's raining right now, just on the lower half of my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible day for rain. Yeah. But you know what I hate more than rain? You, Chickalada. You're smart, you would give me sugar cubes and play with me, and you were rich and strong. Or so I thought. Now you're dead. What kind of good is sugar cubes if you're dead? Yeah. And so he spits on the camcorder, which he was doing precious camcorder work with for, for Chicolata. And then he turns it into sweet, sweet paste. And just like crushes when it. When you grab mud and you squeeze your hands so it goes out between beneath your fingers. I'm, I've never wanted to do that in my entire life. But I know what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. You saw it. I did see it. He turns the camcorder into mud and squishes it out between his fingers. I mean, I don't know if I want to say mud so much as like... Goop. Yeah, like cookie dough. Or or, uh, cement. Oobleck. Yeah, oobleck. That's a thing. What is it? Um, it's like a substance. It's like a liquid substance and when you, um, when you pound it, um, it gets firm. (laughs) Oh, you mean like corn syrup? Yeah, exactly. It's made with corn syrup. Oh, so it's like that stuff that's in all those YouTube videos where it's like you stamp on it and then run across it. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Oobleck. I think I think that's what we called it in primary school. Why would we call it oobleck if it's just corn syrup? There's some right? other stuff in the mixture, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like cement. Yeah. <laughs> no, cement doesn't harden if you keep it moving. Yeah, but if you don't keep it moving, it would harden like corn syrup. Ah. Yeah. Just like in Cobra Kai season two, when he made them get in the cement mixer and move it around for training purposes. (laughs) But why? To make them... Actually, it was just to punish them for not being good. (laughs) Okay, sure. Kind of sucked. Oh, what, Cobra Kai? Oh no, Cobra Kai rules. Everyone watch Cobra Kai, starring... Ooh, this is a test. Ralph Macchio as Danny from Karate Kid. Yep. Daniel, sorry. Yeah. And what's his name? Is it Billy D. Williams? No, it's Billy Zapka. Billy Zapka? Yes, or William Zapka as he's known now. What the what? As the evil kid from Karate Kid, now a middle-aged man. Is he still evil? He's got a complex morality. Okay, so yes, but... But no. He's a good guy He's just been shrugged down by life. Okay, so he is still evil. He's just evil with empathy it's, it's, applied to it's, him. It's the journey of him learning empathy while running an evil karate dojo. <laughs> Man, that is relatable with a capital you should, T. Je- you should definitely watch this show. Is it still, listener? Is it still on Netflix? It's on YouTube. It's a YouTube Red original. Ah, oh, oh, YouTube Red. You can sign up for a free month. Yeah, all right, good enough. Could I just... Just go on YouTube and get it for free anyway. The first couple of episodes are definitely free on YouTube. Okay. All right. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> it's like Karate Kid, but for middle-aged men. Yeah. He's like basically off the leash now, is Seko. He's like getting all feral faces and... And just looking to the ground and being like, it's yeah. mud, just like my morality. Just like your name, Chikalata. Ooh. Ooh. That was a good one. Yeah. That was good. You do suck after all. And I'm Seko. When I'm great, I'm going to go to the Colosseum. I'm going to do the thing. And Bruno's like, oh no, he's going to the Colosseum. Better do the latest in a long line of really cool zip moves. Bruno yet again proving he has no right to be as cool as he is mm-hmm. by doing the coolest shit for 15 minutes straight. This whole exchange is two really cool moves, actually. Because what he does mm. is he throws a metal pole into, like, the 
monument next to Sticko. You mean a statue with like, like the a plinth? dais? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the metal pole is zipped open. So we only see the part... The half of the pole. And then Sekko's like, like, half a pole. What a stupid... What? And then we, z- we zoom out and we see that, like um like the teeth of a mouse trap, the zip is holding it open and the zip starts to close, like, bringing the other half of the metal pole down and it would, in theory, pincer off Sekko's head. Like the teeth of a mouse trap? Sure. What mouse trap has teeth? I don't know. Actually, really, no. really mean ones. You know what? That that actually, I take that back because the mousetrap I used on some mice in my room, it had teeth. It was like one of those cartoon bear traps, but ah. tiny. Actually, it kind of was. It was really. It's like this is now me discussing my mousetrap, the so, game of action with a crazy contraption. Oh man, I never got to play that enough as a kid. Not worth it. Too much uh, setup. Oh okay. And then you Fair. get to see the Rube Goldberg, Rube Goldberg, and then that's it. You've got to set it up again. Oh. Ah, uh, it's not worth it at all. I had these mice in my room, right? And for like three years straight, my dad was like, Nick, how about we just use rat poison? And I went, okay, but dad, dad. these are mice. It won't work on them. Literally, this is the excuse I used. And dad was like, nah, nah, nah. They'll fall for the rat poison. Poison's poison. And he's holding a big bottle with a skull and crossbones on it. I wish this was a joke. <laughs> I really do. So he comes into my room, pours this rat poison into like, a Vegemite lid, puts it under my desk and is like, now don't touch it. Don't do don't, drink don't this do drink poison. It. Don't taste it. And I was like, okay. For three years, it didn't work. And I went, dad, they're mice, not rats. They're cunning likes. And he was like, don't be foolish. So this year... <laughs> Nick, don't be foolish. Ha ha ha. This is me being your anime dad. <laughs> Push his glasses up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you fool. Um, so then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to buy some mice traps because they're made... For mice. Turns out, within the space of like a week, I killed like four mice. Serial killer confessions. Now, I'm not saying it felt really good, but Liam, when I saw that dead mouse in that mouse. Oh, he was there? What, the dead mouse? Dead mouse. (laughs) When I saw dead mouse in my mouse trap, and I finally pulled off his mask and I went, I have no idea who this is. I I genuinely don't care who you are. Do you know that bit? In uh, Justice League? Yeah. Yeah. Lex Luthor, Lex, Luthor has, Lex Luthor has body swapped with the Flash. He wanted to do Superman, but he got the Flash. He's like, well, at least I can find out who the Flash is. I don't know who this is. I, I have no idea who this is. <laughs> God, that's a good bit. Yeah, good bit. I just love that it also solves the problem of, oh, but he would be able to know who he... No, because he doesn't know who he is. Yeah. He just doesn't. He just doesn't. Yeah. So anyway, me, mouse killer Nick... Anytime I can kill a mouse, I'm like, but wait. There's more. I could set up this mouse trap again. So I left out these mice traps. That sounds like you're developing a problem. I know. But this year. But this year. 2020. You developed empathy. Which you're bringing to your mice-based karate dojo. Exactly. So I could be Mouse Kai. Master Splinter? Is that anything? Uh, you know what? I'll pay it. He was a rat. He was a rat. Not a mouse. Trust him. He's a rat. these traps. There you go. Mm, Too big as well. (laughs) Much too big. Oh, now hang on. These are pretty good mice traps. They got teeth in them. So he zips shut the big pole. (laughs) Like teeth on a mouse trap. Yep. And Paseko like does a matrix backbend and then makes the, um, the floor underneath the dais. Mm Mm-hmm. Goopy. And like sends it spinning so that instead the zipping 
Paul is coming at Bruno <gasps> and he does his own Matrix backbend <gasps> but moderately too slow as his throat is cut open by it but he's fine because he's already dead. Well, hang on a minute. We don't know if he's already dead. We just know that his time is coming to an end ah. far faster than any of the other boys. <laughs> or is it? <gasps> oh. oh, Who will die? Who will live? Who will just continue to remain awkwardly between life and death, unsure when his hand's going to fall Who off. will hang out in the turtle, not really doing anything? Is it Trish? <laughs> I'll bet you it's Trish. So, so then Zeko is like, hey, you remember that joke we were doing last time about language? Yeah. Let, let's do the slightly better round two. Oh, okay. Did you All ever right. notice that the English word for Colosseum sounds like the Japanese word for to kill you? Coriseo? You know, ironically enough, I did not, because I'm Italian. And Bruno's like, I'm not engaging with this. <laughs> so, you know why I like this more than the previous one? It's because A, it's explained better. Well, and there's actual some there's actually some wordplay here. Yeah, but also it's, it's not just words that sound like other words. Yes. Which is the highest form of comedy, I'll grant it that. Yeah. But like there's actually a thing in brackets and it doesn't explain like see, this is a funny joke because this means Colosseum at the top. No. Like a said... fan sub. Yeah. Back on that, well, I wrote down saying. here pole dance moves, and I believe what that means is mm. Bruno grabbed that pole again, stuck it into the soft ground, did like some kicks while spinning on it. Yes. And then Seko is beneath him, halfway in and out of the ground. He's like, I'm going to get you, Bruno, pulling you down. And then Bruno zips off the pole halfway. He's like, oh, I'm going to stab this pole into you. <gasps> um, and he gets punched through a window. <laughs> Classic Bruno. But good moves. You've got to give credit where it's due. I mean, they are... They're all good moves. They're all good moves. 11 out of 10. Bruno Bucciarati, good moves. Oh, man. What's the deal with your weird body, Bruno? Well... You're chock full of glass. You got no blood. No moles. You're not right. Well, let me tell you a thing about my body. No. Wait. Did you see that? Up upon the second level of the Colosseum. Why, tis a glint. A glint. Tis as if... A man is watching us out his window, and mere moments from now we'll hear his voice ring out, You there, boy, what day is it? <laughs> Why, there's a serial killer in our midst, puts telescope away. Mm, yes, uh, it's Rhea Window and uh, uh, A Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol? Yeah. You there, that... boy, what day is it? That's from A Christmas Carol? Yes, Nick, what do you think I've been doing for the past 144 episodes? <laughs> I thought that was from... What's the one with the kid who's all like, I want some more, and then he holds up his bowl? Oliver? Oliver! I mean, they're both Dickens, so... Oh, okay, cool. All right, yeah. I wasn't too far off. <laughs> We're all good, everyone. Wait, is Moby Dick Dickens? No, that is... Let me just look at my copy of Moby Dick over there. Herman we... Melville. Ah, That's good, right, good. everyone. I own a book about whales. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, where is it? Oh, it's right there. True facts. There are a surprising amount of that book that is... Just whales. Facts about whales. Yeah, I mean, the entire last third of the book is one big appendix about whales, isn't it? It's kind of, well, in my edition, it's kind of spread throughout being like, uh, here's two chapters on how we get oil from whales. Weird. Here are a chapter on all the different kinds of whales we know about. I mean, I remember that, but that was an appendix, wasn't it? There's a good bit in a recent Riverdale where mm -hmm. Jughead is going to this new literary school and they sit down and it's like, 
So class, what do you think the whale represents in Moby Dick? And Jughead is like, the whale doesn't represent anything. Herman Melville hated allegory. And everyone's like, oh, Jughead, so wise, so smart. And no one is like, yeah, but you can still do literary analysis on it. Ah, I get you. Valid interpretations. Mm. But what about semiotics? The field of study dedicated to not having... Valid interpretations the of The sign things. and the signifier. Yeah. And I didn't really pay attention in that unit at uni. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the entire takeaway from that is, nah, there's only one interpretation and it's the author, whatever the fuck they thought. Ergo, King Kong is a movie about a big old ape. Love Big Ape. You know what? Big Ape in love. You know what, Big though? Ape die. King I truly Kong. was beauty that killed the Beast. That's right, I'm Jack Black. This is the Peter Jackson remake of King Kong. No, it was bullets. The whole time it was oh, bullets. Actually, it was probably the plane. The fall. <laughs> it wasn't the bullets or the plane that killed him. It was the sun's gravity at the bottom. <laughs> oh, I just love every single time you do like a physics class and they're like, it's not the fall that kills you. It's the sudden stop at the bottom. And then some guy, every time it's some guy wearing a fedora will be like, uh, well, without the fall, you wouldn't have achieved the velocity required to kill you. So really the fall was the thing that killed you in the first place. And then the physics See, I would have thought it would have been the other way around. What? The, the annoying nitpicky guy is the one being like, well, technically speaking, it's the falling stopping that does the damage. No, because he's the first nitpicky guy. Uh, the second nitpicky guy is the worst one. He's the one who's interrupting. Yeah, he's the guy who's like, well, actually, Professor, I think if you'll that find- is your real name. It's like, no, my name's Dan. All right, Professor Dan, if that is your last name. Yeah, hate those guys. So Bruno is behind a is hiding behind a big pane of glass, famously a transparent material, um, which says cappuccino espresso. Yeah. Important plot points. And Seco's like. Also, before we move off the cappuccino espresso glass. Okay. Did you notice it looked like it was like weirdly printed on this episode, as if like it's been doctored for English audiences? No, I did not notice that. Hmm. Okay. Alright, it just looked very amateur, is all I'm saying, David Production. Amateur glasswork, Italian glassmaker. <laughs> it just looked like someone... You know, like, those old, like, clip arts that you would, like, put on things to look cool? Like, in your PowerPoint presentation in, like, sixth grade, you know? Where it's, like, the, um, the stick figure guy? Yeah, like those things. And it was, like, text with the weird thing behind it. Like, not shadow, but, like gradient shadow thing like a big old it's coming out from behind the thing so you didn't like the text on this i didn't like the text david production all right anyway so he um this is rude he's hiding behind the glass pane yeah uh, and seko's like i'm gonna come and punch that glass pane oh no because you were hiding behind the glass pane a famously transparent material i couldn't see that you were making a tiny zip in the floor which you have now vanished into (sighs) but i can see the zip but i'll just Chase you down that zip. Oh no, the zip is gone. You're moving. How interesting. So this is where things start to confuse me, but I don't care because it's it's great. He calls him, he's getting angry. (laughs) He's like, oh, you copycat. Still are my precious underground techniques. You and your your piss-stained zipper man. Mm. Sticky fingers. Now, here's the thing. How the fuck is he moving underground? Bruno? Yeah. He's zipping away the ground, making those big purple voids and moving through those. So he's moving through the voids? I don't know. It's just, it's just, just a weird Zipping thing. through the ground. Yeah, literally. I'm, okay, sure. And we see as he's running, he's doing like 
swing it, swiping motions with his hands to open further zips. Mm. It is alarmingly awesome. I mean, we've seen that some, he's been able to zip through some things with some pretty reasonable depth on them. So, mm, not, not unreasonable that he could zip himself a tunnel, you know? True, true. D- yeah, okay, but at the same time, if he's zipping it away, he still has to have a space to go into, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, is he going from hole to hole underground or... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your face of... Nick, physics is... Who gives a shit? It's JoJo's, baby. We got fucking magic powers. Zipping his way through the ground. Using zips. Zipping my way underground. Living the... Dream. <laughs> <laughs> Making some screams. Uh, something, something. I'm Bruno Bucciarati. Great, we did it. Yep. How old is that song now? I don't know, 2006. Too old. So Seko is also chasing him underground, swimming around, being like, Oh, yes. We can hear each other through the reverberations in the liquidy ground. Mm, mm, weird. I can tell that you're 20 meters ahead of me and slightly to the left. Ooh, now to the right and 10 more meters. Oh, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> <laughs> he's pursuing. He's in like, yes, I'm seven meters away from you now. And he's, he's doing a lot of those big faces all throughout this. He was mm. When he was under the thumb of his uh, master, Chikolata, he was very reserved. Reserved, yeah. Very kind of like... Oh, can't do too much, otherwise I'll get the... The... Hose again. The non-sugar cubes. The arsenic cubes. The arsenic cubes. <laughs> Could you imagine, like... <laughs> like, what's your reaction going to be if someone goes, You do well, you get the sugar cubes. You, you disappoint me and the, <laughs> the arsenic cubes. What does... What? The arsenic, doesn't that kill me? No. It just makes you weak. You'll be fine. I guess it won't hurt you because you're already weak. Ooh. One arsenic cube for you, boy. Yep. Trick or treat. Ooh, I have an arsenic cube. Although, didn't did you hear about the uh, the lady who? <laughs> no, I didn't. So perhaps she'll die. There was someone, some crazy lady, who infected her trick and treat treats. Her trick and treat treats with like measles or something like oh, that. Oh my gosh! Because she was an anti-vaxxer. And said, Hang oh, on. <laughs> we're going to make everyone naturally immune by spreading measles in my trick-or-treat things. And everyone went... Her treats. Yeah. And everyone just like went, what the fuck is wrong with you? Holy dooly. Yeah. So she like literally took them out, rubbed them on someone with measles or something, and then just put them back. It was like, what? That sucks. That was fucking terrible. Die in the grave you dug for yourself, Bruno Butcher. Oh, it's a water pipe. Oh. Can't escape from my punches while you're buried, but you did. Hmm. There must be another way to find him. Just like that episode of Riverdale, where the preppy, um, rich literary group kids bury Jughead alive for a night. Who the hell? Wait, who is Jughead? Jughead. You've referenced from Jughead. Archie. I don't. I'd never read Archie though. Um, he's a guy. Wait, who's his JoJo's analogy? Ooh, um, Caesar. Oh, no. Or, or if Caesar had the personality of Joseph. Oh, I see. So Polnareff. So Polnareff. Yeah. yeah, okay, fair enough. He's Polnareff to, Arch, to, Jodo, to Archie's Jodoro. <laughs> this is the weirdest episode of just... Yep, so a bit of Jojo's, but Archie, though. Also, we haven't even explained how... Sticky, not Sticky Fingers, how um, Seko is finding Bruno. Yeah, hearing him. Oh, he's hearing him underground. Yeah, we, yeah. S- we said that. Did we? Yeah. 
Well, fuck me. Uh, but it's a broken water pipe dripping to to bamboozle him, and he's like, "Oh, you bamboozled me." Uh, and then sound waves. He punches the water pipe, squishing it up so that it's not dripping anymore. Such power. It'll be great if over the rest of this episode that that pressure slowly built. <laughs> it was like, and then it exploded, and he just shows up again. and Goes, "Oh no! Oh, I fucked up." Oh man, the city's gonna have to spend thousands of dollars to repair this. <laughs> So he's like, hmm, but you can't hide forever. I know where you are. Yeah, so now Bruno is doing a thing where he's st- he's laying perfectly still underground so as to not make any underground noise, mm. which can be echolocated like a bat um, so, or a dolphin. So uh, Seko just goes, well, fuck it then. I'll just shoot all the ground. So what he does is he's a big, gross goblin man mm-hmm. and he swims up to the top of the floor. God, that's fucking weird. <laughs> yep, okay, yep. And he starts, like, chewing on the dirt, licking it up with his big dog tongue. Now, I don't know why he has to chew it, given that it's already liquid. Gotta make it malleable. Gotta make the liquid dirt malleable. Okay. Well, he puts it in his mouth so that he can spit it up into the air in, like, big flurries. And then they, they turn into, like, spikes. When they get away from his powers, they harden again. And because they've been spat out, they're in a naturally spiky shape. They fall back down into the earth. And the first one we see goes right through Bruno's throat. Ah, that is inconvenient That's for bad. Bruno. The very same throat that was cut by a pipe earlier. Ah. Is the central theme of the text that throats fucking suck. Seko has become a cutthroat murderer. Ah, I get it. Because Araki hates allegory. <laughs> <laughs> what would this be? In, what, what would Jojo's Bizarre Adventure be allegory for? Well, of course, um, part <laughs> one is the Dracula um, modern myth, but with uh, class mobility replaced with replacing the um, xenophobic elements. Uh, sure. Okay. Yep. I'm with you. Because the working class needs to rise up and take hold. But they're presented as the villains when they do as much. Ah, uh, ah, uh, oh, yeah, true. Because mm-hmm. he came from nothing. True. And of course, the moral of part two is that sometimes you need to work with the Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> William. Yeah. Why? Why do you do this? Moving swiftly along. Are we going to get 4chan? I hope not. Someone just like, hey guys, did you know that JoJo's world is pro-Nazi? Sometimes. I want to put it out there that I'm never pro-Nazi. In very specific case when it's a life or death situation of mankind by really buff dudes, you need the Nazis' help. Even though the Speedwagon Foundation did most of the work. Ooh. Yeah, but we had one very important key Nazi who really, being a Nazi, didn't come into play that often. At least once he was done literally liquidating that Mexican village. (laughs) Oh, You forgot about that again, didn't you? Yeah, I forgot. (laughs) Shit. The Nazis, man. But why? There's a chance if you stay perfectly still, Bucciarati, that none of them will hit you. Crazier things have happened. Did you hear about that death row inmate who survived three hangings? Like, the ropes kept breaking and stuff. Crazy. Am I right? Am I right? Spits out more Bruno, why aren't you responding? Bruno, come on, talk Talk to to me, me. baby. Seko would always talk to me when I was spitting dirt at him. He'd call me up, I'd get a sugar cube. You're no dad, Bruno. You're not my father. You're not even my brother. Bruno's like, I can't stay down here any longer. Or run along the surface. 
I'm in a real sticky wicket. Meanwhile, in the Colosseum, second floor, there's a mysterious man. He's like, yes, I was prepared for this. If he doesn't make it here, I'll have to destroy the arrow and then take its hidden wisdom. Wisdom, 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 to my grave. I guess I'll kill myself too. I didn't really think about that. Um, <laughs> our own, only those with the hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom of the arrow can surpass King Crimson. Anyway, I got this thing. I don't know why I'm telling myself this, but I got this thing back in Egypt, back in 1988 <gasps> with my good friend, Archie Andrews, AKA Jotaro Kujo. <gasps> That's could, right. Could it's, it be? It's me, I'm John pierre Polnareff. <gasps> I'm 36 years old. I've got no legs and- uh, Excuse me, he has prosthetics. He's got Darth Maul style robot legs. Thank you, that's better. Yep. He's got weird ass legs. He's got a translucent pink eye patch over one side of his scarred face. Which is showing a cross, like a, a crisscross scar and a dead eye. Ooh. Blind to what? The future? Nick, what do you remember about Polnareff? Polnareff uh, in the first episode was against the team. And then by like the third episode, he was hitting on women. The first episode of his introduction, you mean? Yes. Yes. By like the third episode, he was like hitting on women and being like, why ladies, I'm Francais. And I was like, this guy, this guy knows how to beat. And he had that weird pose. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, That long, that long lunge. Yep. Uh, he, I was trying to do that the other day. It's hard. He had the greatest character arc of any of the JoJo's characters in part three. He wanted revenge. He wanted revenge because his sister was murdered by a guy with like scissor hands or something. <laughs> yep, Edward scissor hands. Uh, two left hands. Two left hands. That's he got right. revenge pretty quickly. And then he was like, I don't know what else to do now. And then he figured it out. Oh, wait, I should just help people. Oh, my two best friends, one of whom is a dog, died. And then he got really sad. And then he left. Then he left for Francais. Yep, got cut in half, got his eye donked up, and now you know the rest of the story. Please tell me there's some kind of backstory we're going to learn about him. I will tell you there is some sort of backstory we're going to learn about him. Because if it was just, he shows up and Araki forgot to put in the backstory. I forgot to put in his legs. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, he's got nubs now, let's roll. (laughs) Um, We'll talk about that in predictions though. Yeah, he's also got pauldrons. You gotta have pauldrons. Like if you're polarist, you've gotta have pauldrons. Do you reckon it's because he His learned... signature pauldrons, the Jean Pierre pauldron, available now <laughs> at all fine Italian fashion real t- retailers. Is his real name? Did he change his name to John Pauldron Polnareff? See, it's just not quite right. Nick. But like, just saying Jean Pierre Pauldronef is like, uh, uh, it's fine. I but... mean, there's, yeah, you're now that you say it out loud, you're right. There is no easy fix to this problem yeah. that we created. <laughs> yeah. And really, we need something that. Like fits. Otherwise, what are we doing on what this show? What are we doing? No one's gonna listen if we don't produce. It's Pauldron Col- Pierre Polnareff. <laughs> Thank you. Triple P. That's it. We've got it. We've got it down. P P P. The latest in the French line of swimwear from John. Sorry, Pauldron Pierre Polnareff. Cut to an ad break, and there's um a brief cutaway with a photo of the Colosseum being like, Rome will exist for as long as the Colosseum does. Quote inscribed on the Colosseum. Dun 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 Jojo. Meanwhile, Polnareff is still looking at his laptop, being like, ah, yes, the themes of this story are quite ironic. They are 
they are outcasts from society mm. who came together in a crime organisation because they had no other choice. And yet now, the, the fate of the world is dependent on them. The fate of that very society that cast them out. Quite tasty irony, if I don't say so, Jean-Pierre Polnareff. Ah, yes, Jean-Pierre Polnareff, I see what you're getting at. <laughs> but how will they make their way here soon enough that I should teach them the secrets, the hidden wisdom? The hidden wisdom. The hidden wisdom. Of... The arrow. Anyway, as I said to myself mere moments ago, if they don't get here safely, I'm gonna have to destroy the arrow. Well, better shut this laptop down, chunk. Anyway, <laughs> see you later, boys. <laughs> Just rolls himself out the window. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> He's got those robot legs to land on. He's fine. Wheelchair and robot legs is a bold choice. Well, the thing is, they're prosthetic legs, so they might only be there to, like, keep stable. Mm. When he's like trying to stand up or leaning on something. But as far as legs are concerned, there's no muscles there. He can't like lift them. Can he lift Darth them? Darth Maul could. Ooh. Yeah, but that's Star Wars. They probably had like he super legs. He got cut legs. in half by Obi-Wan Kenobi and he was fine. He went mad and turned into a giant robot spider for a while. But in the long run, he was fine. <laughs> he was great. He was just Beca down with it. Became the crime syndicate ruler. Re Did he? Reunited with his brother, Savage Opress. <sighs> oh boy. Died alone in the desert. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He died with Obi-Wan. Yeah. By his side. Yep, in the desert. In the desert. And he was like, is Luke Skywalker the chosen one? And Obi-Wan's like, yep. That's him, fuckhead. And now I die. Don't care. See you later. <laughs> Off to the sand people with you. I'm going to go throw this in the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> did he? Nah. Oh, I mean, he might have. Who knows? Who knows where Darth Maul could have ended up once do something he died a second time. With half a Zabrak body. Ooh. Can only scavenge that lower half for robot parts. Yeah. You know what would have been a better... Star War? I mean, I'm not going to say prequel trilogy because we all know it's if flawless. I say anything bad, you'll immediately come back to me and go, no. That's no. the point. Ugh. No, but you know what would have been a better Star Wars first three movies after... The Phantom Menace. Okay, let's assume Phantom Menace is in stone, right? Okay. Better movie would have been Darth Maul comes back in episode two and three. Well, really, when you look at the three Sith villains that you <laughs> oh. encounter through the course of uh, Here we go. the prequel trilogy, yeah. that of course being Darth Maul, Darth Tyrannus, aka Count Dooku, and uh -huh. General Grievous, who himself is not a Sith, but is trained by a Sith. They each represent a different thematic element of the iconic villain Darth Vader. <gasps> yes, go on. That's all I got. Okay, great. I'm not Excellent. doing this today. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, um, Bruno's like, oh man, I've been underground for a while. <laughs> I don't know how much longer I can Just keep Just like our this commentary. Out. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm going to start moving again. Ah, he's over there. He's going to try and go and hide beneath the Colosseum. Better chase him. Oh no, he's catching up. I'm catching up. Is Bruno saying all this? They're or all say saying it. Okay, They're great. all saying the same thing at the same time. Yep, okay, cool. Bruno does a cool manoeuvre here because he's being followed by the echolocation of his watery footsteps mm -hmm. um, in his watery underground grave that he's already dug himself. Ooh. He sticky fingers up and uh, zips up into pieces a, um, a lamppost. So, like, so many rocks, it all falls into the ocean of the ground and makes... It's weird. Makes other ripples. He, oh, ripples. He uses oh, his own... The ripples. No, it's hum on, you fool! <laughs> um, 
He uses Seko's own technique against him. Yeah. Is that the best you can do, Bruno boy? Well, you are the only one who's been able to hide from me for mere moments, but you never thought about it. You're done, mate. Because the longer you hide, the goopier you get. And Bruno looks at his hands, and we see in his face that like little puddles are forming. Mm. He looks at his hands, which are all gross. He touches his face, and like... It's weird. It's bad. It's like... It's getting worse. The skin like starts to slough off and pull around. It's a bit like uh, he has leprosy, but it's liquidic. Yeah. As opposed to just, oh no. It's my skin. like he is some sort of wicked witch and someone just threw a bucket of water on him. It's like uh, if. Revealing his phosphorescent skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, oh boy, have we got an episode of bonus JoJo's. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Jojo's World. It's like uh, that one armed and dangerous scene. I don't know that. You know that video game, Armed and Dangerous? No. Where they go visit the leper colony? No. And uh, they're like, oh, well, we've arrived at a safe haven where they'll never find us. And then a kid is all like, excuse me, Mr. Roxas, could you please play a... Or whatever his name is. Could you please play a... Isn't Roxas the Kingdom Hearts guy? Oh, shit, he is. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Anyway... The, whoever the main guy is, some leprous kid comes up to him and is all like, Excuse me, can we play a game of football together? The guy's like, Oh, aren't you adorable? Sure, let's play a game of football. He's like, I'll be the goalkeeper. Runs off. All right, kick it my way. Kicks the soccer ball at him and his head comes off. Oh my God. Because it's just like, and the guy's like, oh, I fucking did it. Score. <laughs> oh no. I don't know the tone of this game. It's like, absurd humor like i would highly recommend watching the movie of it armed and dangerous it's amazing because the whole thing is just like it's just so off the wall insane like the main guy just doesn't want to be there but he has a <laughs> he has right but he has a mole friend who's just like scottish when you say a mole friend like a literal anthropomorphic okay. mole uh, he has a robot friend who loves tea and is very posh oh yep classic and- archetype uh, and he has a small... Just like in Battleborn. Yep. Battleborn, of course, being sunsetted and will, servers will go offline and become unplayable in January 2021. And everyone cried. And everyone I cared. Guess. Yep. I liked... I played the beta of Battleborn. It was fine. That's about all that can be said about Battleborn. I really shouldn't have released it at the same time as Overwatch. No. They probably should have thought, oh, this is going to fail. Let's stop development of this. But they kept developing it the mole guy and the robot Uh, and they've got a small guy who has he's blind and he has like a mole and he has fake eyes like a mole no because the mole has normal eyes and can see like a mole exactly and he's a weapons expert anyway it's a great fucking game all right i'll check it out yeah it's good it's really old but the movie is hilarious it goes for like two hours. Ugh. It's a play off of Lord of the Rings where it's like, oh, the prophecy must happen. We have to do this thing. And everyone's like, oh, Well, you know fuck. how I feel about prophecy. Yeah, except the entire prophecy is, and lo, you would guide me to the promised land. And she's like, all right, sure. I guess we're doing that now. What the fuck ever. And it just goes all downhill because everyone's an idiot. Great. Yep. Seko's had enough of everything. <laughs> Including my ramblings yep. about... Yep, okay. He makes everything a big pool of mud and sucks down just anything he can get his mitts on. And he's all like, well, well, well. I found you, Bruno Bucciarati. And they lock eyes. Good shot of, like, Bruno's eyes. Seko's eyes. Ching, ching. Yeah. <laughs> That's the perfect representation <laughs> of locking eyes. It's just, ching, ching. Yeah. So they're eyeing each other down. Yep, yep. 
Seko's all like, I've got you now. And Bruno's like, oh, do you? Because you were right. I have been dead all along. I don't bleed very much. I don't really feel pain. So I'm just going to freaking do this thing and um, fuck you. And we see that he's jammed his sticky fingers fist into the tire of a passing sinking automobile. He was like, I knew you'd get arrogant enough to sink literally everything around us at some point, including signs, people, cars. Oh, cars is here. He's back from space. He punches the tire on cars. I have a question. Yes. We see in a moment when Seko surfaces that we're in the middle of a busy street. Correct. Is this a car got people in it or is it parked? No, it's parked. It's a parked car. Park the car. Yeah, but he, uh, (laughs) but he... Jojo, park the car. It's not car. 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 Hey, Kaz, we gotta go get the redstone of Asia. Very good, sir. I am not some clumsy Clouseau-esque Jojo. Hey, hey, everyone, watch this. Hey, hey, Kaz. It's Hamon. Say it right. (laughs) It is Hamon. Hamon. The ripple. (laughs) The ripple. Hey, you! Hey, butler guy! I'm not done demeaning you! I am not some clumsy pillar man. Alright, I think we've done every variant of that we can do. Let's yep. move on. Excellent. Um, so, he no, he later he goes to like... I'll get to that. It'll be fine. So, he gets this parked car underneath. Punches the big tyre. Bruno punches it. The tyre explodes super loudly. And then it bursts... Seko's eardrums. And he's like recoiling back into the darkness and holding his hands in his ears and screaming. And Bruno's like, I'm fine. (laughs) Bruno's like, look, I'm already fucking dead. I can hear everything. We're all good. Eardrums mean nothing to me. And we see him walking away. We're we're seeing everything being visualised from Seko's perspective. Seko's all like, oh no, my eardrums. So even though Seko technically can't see Bruno because they're underground and the mud is thick yes true we see what he's visualizing which is bruno like walking away into a zip space so he's like ah i can still hear you gonna go get it and then he goes towards it doesn't realize he's going directly up into the street surfaces leg gets run over by a car in comical fashion yep uh there's like a brief like three shot like traffic danger sequence (laughs) where he's like and then he lurches forth from underground. Yep. There's a sign that he gets scared by. He looks over there. There's a dog that he gets scared by. He's all like, ah, ah. ah." A sign? A dog? Ridiculous. Is it some kind of metaphor? No. It's just a a sign and a dog. Where is he? What did he do to me? How did I mistake a car for him? Now, immediately upon witnessing a dog, I thought, Oh no, is the dog gonna die? Nah, the dog's fine. He's just in one shot. Liam, we've seen more dogs die in JoJo's world than live in JoJo's world. That's true. So chances are it could just get killed. But it didn't. Touché. <laughs> and the good music is playing this whole time. It started when Bruno punched the um the tire and still keeps going for a while yet. It's pretty good. Thank you. I've been practicing. So Bruno comes out of the ground. He's like, they're talking. And Bruno's monologuing. I fucking love this. Seko is also basically monologuing the same thing because he can't hear. He's like, well, well, well. I managed to use the tyre pressure to burst your eardrums. You want to burst my eardrums, don't you? Yes, yes, I already have done that. Now, what I need to do now is just not kill you, but kind of 
take you somewhere far away because you're kind of useless. I need to take you out. Oh, I need to take you out because you're useless now, so you're not much of a threat. You want to take We're... me out, don't you? You know what? This this isn't even coherent. Yeah, Let's that's just... literally what he says. <laughs> so he just like. But starts walking up towards yeah, him. He's doing that walk where he's got the black eyes and the expressionless face. And he's walking for quite some time. But Seko hatches one final cunning gambit. Ah, a tourist nearby. I'll just... I'll just grab that stupid looking pink haired kid. Who has a weird, ed- not edgy, but kind of fringy look to him. Mm. And he's wearing a, a pinkish kind of shirt. He looks like the kind of chump this kind of thing happens to a lot. Oh man, we've got this in the back. Hey Bruno, come one step closer and I'll murder the absolute ever-living shit out of this guy. I'll turn this kid to mud and throw him at you. And Bruno's all like, okay. I was thinking that I might kill you then kill the boss. But I think I'll just kill you, tell the boss and get a big reward. Uh, meanwhile... A sugar cube of of such size I can scarcely comprehend. Meanwhile, this... (laughs) Like a sugar... Factory. Um, First you get the sugar, then, then you, you get, get the power. power. Um, so then he sort of like snaps off this strange pink-haired tourist cap to reveal a familiar-looking pink-haired face. <gasps> Why, tis Doppio. Doppio? Doppio. No. Not Dolvio. Doppio. Diavolo. Diavolo. <laughs> okay, this makes it way... So over the week, when I was thinking about... Diavolo's name. I thought it was Dolvio. So I was just like, We put the good things in, so you wear the Dolvio grin. I was gonna make that (laughs) joke! How dare you steal that easy joke from me? Uh, But now I can't, because it's Dolvio. Diavolo. Diavolo. Like the pizza. But that was like Dolvio, wasn't it? Isn't the pizza... Oh, it doesn't matter. Diavolo. Diavolo. Diablo. And we, we get a few... Now in- I can just remember it's fancy Diablo. A few interesting shots here. Yeah. Do- Doppio's spilled bag, which seems to have about three different like, phone, phone handsets in it. Yep. Um, also, the I think it had the camcorder in it. Did it? Or it had a camcorder. It was strange I don't think it was. Thing. I don't think it was... I don't know. It's got uh, Seco's because he squished no. it. But it's got some stuff in there. Yeah. It's like... A lot of phones. We also see like his eyes change colours a few times throughout this. And he's all like, <laughs> well, well, well. But he doesn't actually say that. We nah, just get he's it. He's not saying anything. He's not giving anything away. Mm. Bruno is walking towards him. He's like, you'll, you'll never kill me, Bruno. You'd never kill a child. Ha! That means you can't kill me. There's no way to get at me. Big punch. Through the guy. Through Doppio. Straight through Doppio's chest, Kakuene style. Yep. There's a lot of Kakueening this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kakueene's the guy. He is. And, uh... Oh, I see what you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Kakueene is the guy. Yes, but... He's the guy that it happened to. (laughs) Yes. But... He Kakueene's the guy, Doppio. Yep. To go through him into... But not, Seco. but not into Seko. We think into Seko, but Seko's like, ha, I must have been just outside your range because I am unharmed. But then we pull Doppio away and we see that he has, he has zipped um, Seko's hand to his chest in such a way that his hand is touching his neck and mud making it. Ah. And he's all like, what? And Seko basically just wanders off and falls into a garbage truck. Where he belongs. With, with Chicolata. He's like, ah, oh, Chicolata's in here. Hey, what oh, up, buddy? We're getting crushed. Bye. In the trash where we belong. Doppio's all like, 
<laughs> you could never have defeated me because he wasn't going to harm me in the first place. I saw it in my prediction, but I didn't need to see it in my prediction that Bruno Bucciarati would never hurt an innocent, sweet, stupid boy like me, Doppio. But very interesting that they've already defeated Chocolata and Secco. But where are Giorno and Narancia? Huh. Huh. How interesting. Maybe they're on their way. And then Giorno is over there, sorry, Bruno is over there collapsed, being like, oh man, I can't really see anything anymore, can't get up. Is this my time? Has my time come? Doppio's all like, hey, look, a vulnerable and easy to kill Bruno. He's looming looming above him. Ah, he seems somehow taller and more self-possessed. He raises his hand up for a big King Crimson murder motion. And then... To be continued. continued. That's it. Yeah. So, Nick. Yes. Where are highlights and lowlights for this episode? My highlight, Liam. No fucking doubt in my mind. Hey, okay. So, I'm going to have to not kill you. You're going to have to not kill me. Yep. Okay. Yep. Just that whole section Mm -hmm. of Seko not being able to hear anything. Perfection. Chef kiss, he did. Literal perfection. Just like everything about it makes me happy. (laughs) Great. It's like Bruno being like, I'm going to be badass. And then undercut by, oh my God, you're going to kill me. And it's like, you're going to be badass at me, aren't you? No, no, that's not what I'm going to do. Oh my God, it's what he's going to do. It doesn't work if you draw attention to it, sicko. But it's like, it's so beautiful because it's just like, does Bruno just forget that he destroyed his eardrums? It's like, oh, it's so good. So good. Your highlight? I think my highlight is some of the cool manoeuvres Bruno was pulling at the top of the episode. More good zip stuff. Oh my god, so much good zip shit. Why is Bruno so cool? We'll never know. It's so weird. It's almost like he's... The protagonist. protagonist. It's almost like he's already dead. (laughs) Low light, Liam? Low lights. I don't like it when Seko licks up that big piece of dirt. (laughs) Why does he have to chew it? He's gross. It's weird. Gross boy. Well, you'll be glad to know, Liam, that my low light is not being able to hear Polnareff's backstory because he, he's there. We see him. But, but we don't know. But we don't know why he's there. He's too busy there. talking about the hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom of the arrow. But didn't he say that he... Or wasn't there a thing that's like, I worked for the boss and then went rogue? No, he never said that. Wasn't there a thing where he was like, hey... He was like, I know the boss's identity. I know that you can never defeat him unless you unlock the hidden wisdom. Hidden that was a good one. Hopefully that comes up in the audio. We'll that see. That was a good one. Yeah, I just want to know more about him. Yeah, okay. More. That's it. That's all my lowlights. I can't well, do any worse. On the matter of wanting to know more, Nick. <gasps> yeah? Uh, Chicolata and Seko have been defeated. Bruno Bucciarati stands collapsed on the ground. Uh, and <laughs> standing above him is Doppio, poised to do a big murder motion. Uh, Polnareff awaits in the Colosseum. How did he get up there? I'm sure it's not very wheelchair accessible. What will happen <laughs> next time on yep. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled, His Name is Diavolo, which we have known for some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but, but what if... What if what if Polnareff's name is Diablo? Oh my gosh! What if it's a stolen? Identity? What if it's a ruse? And and it's it's a stolen identity because because Polnareff's still alive, but he thought he thought he was murdered. What? what? Okay, <laughs> hear me the fuck out. So we open. <laughs> Nineteen eighty-eight, Egypt. Polnareff heads on back home. Twenty years pass, uh, and then we get to the boss. Right? How old is the boss now? How old was he in that episode? I don't remember. Well, anyway, it's been a while. He still looks super young. Uh, Polnareff is all like, hey, there's that guy, Diavola. Diavolo. Diavolo. That's the one. 
Uh, how about I befriend him? And this poor kid, Doppio slash Diavolo, is all like, Hey, how are you? My name's Doppio. I'm unhinged. And Polnareff is all like, wow, that's unhealthy. You should consider getting help. I'm going to murder you, Polnareff. Oh, no, you don't. And he almost gets away with murdering him, right? Thinks that Polnareff is dead. Goes, huh, Polnareff. Polnareff. What if I steal his identity and his true name, Diavolo? His true name? His true name. Polnareff's true name, Diavolo. Yeah. What if... I feel like that would have come up. All right, fine. Well, how about... Um, what if the story goes, I know who he is, but he tried to kill me. Cut off my legs. Cut off my legs. I got away. Uh, now I'm a robot. Well, he's not a robot. He just has robot (laughs) legs. He's a robot. He just has robot legs. A cyborg? There you go. Now we're talking my language. Um. A sideboard. Nah, because that's a Magic the Gathering term, slash Yu-Gi-Oh term, slash... piece of furniture. A sideboard? Yeah. What's that? A cyborg. No, not a cyborg. (laughs) Um, so... Polnareff is all like, yo, I know who he is. He was a good friend of mine for a while. Then he tried to kill me. Got away from him. He's kind of a dick now. I think the only way to stop him is by using the hidden wisdom inside the... Hidden wisdom. Inside this arrow. The arrow is... Broken. It's broken. And they need to... Stab him. Him. They need to... Yeah, maybe there's like, if we stab him with the arrow, his personality, which is not him, will... Put him into two different bodies or something. Oh, body switch episode. Freaky Friday. Certain freaky day late this week. Yeah, so maybe it's just a matter of the next episode is Polnareff going into detail to how he knows Diavolo. God, I'm never going to get his name. We get Diavolo being friends with Polnareff and then Polnareff being like, so this is why my legs have been chopped off. Okay. By the way, I know your granddad. Ooh, kind of. Not not your granddad. Your Your um, normal dad. No. Your... Oh, I do know your normal dad. Uh, I helped kill him. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, hey, guess what? We're on good terms now, right? What? Because I killed your vampire dad. Oh, we're on good terms, <gasps> right? What? Does Jorno know that his dad was a vampire? I don't think so. What if Polnareff is all like, your dad was a vampire? And then Jorno's all like... That sounds pretty cool. That's lame. My oh. dad wasn't a vampire. It's like, well, guess what, kid? He fucking was. And I killed him. I didn't really do much in the end, actually. I just kind of got... I did a, a distraction in a moment and then got smashed through some furniture. But I tell you what, I saved a dog. Well, I didn't really save the dog. He saved me. But I tell you what, I had some fun times. I tell you what, I mourned him hard though. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. That'll be it. Um, and what is going to happen in the cliffhanger moment of um, Doppio standing over Bruno to murder him? Hmm. Okay, I reckon Doppio... Oh, maybe Doppio will murder Bruno. Ah, oh, but he's been dead the whole time. No! Uh, well, either, it's either going to be he's just going to flat out murder him in the middle of the fucking street and get all the, like, police after him, and then... His GTA star level will rocket right up. Exactly. His Joe star level. William, I've taken a lot of shit on this fucking series before, but this, this is the next level. I don't blame you, Nick, that was unacceptable. I apologise for my misconduct. You're basically worse than a Nazi at this point. Hey, that's not, uh... Let's not go that far. Okay, you're almost as bad as a Nazi... Well... You're halfway towards being as bad as cars. I'll take it. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I reckon he won't do it in the middle of the fucking street because Jorno and crew will show up mm-hmm. and be like, Bruno! And he'll just go, oh, back to the shadows. Oh, so they won't see him? He'll slink away? Exactly, but he'll see them and then go, 
Right, this is a good chance awakening. Oh no, what does the boss want? Hey, who's over there making phone noises? <laughs> hey, what's wrong with you? Nothing, I'm just talking to my sister. What is wrong with you? Nothing, go away! Hey boss, what up? And Trish hey. is like, hang on, I'm getting a call. <laughs> <laughs> Trish, the most useful character for distracting Doppio. Um, yeah, so maybe he'll just slink back into the shadows. It'll be kind of anticlimactic, but also more tension because the boss knows where Polnareff is now and he can finish the job. Does he? Well, he'll just follow the crew. Oh, right. Yeah, and so he'll be able to be like, <gasps> Polnareff. Polnareff is there. But what if he's like, Polnareff, the day you met me was the most important day of your life and for me, it was... A Tuesday. Mm-hmm. What if... God, Raul Julia. Taken too soon. What if... Wait, who was Raul Julia? He played M. Bison in the Street Fighter movie. Uh, his, his final role as yeah, he was, was battling, too soon. I believe, cancer. Yeah. Uh, he was also Gomez Adams in the Adams Family movie. Man, he was taken too soon. God damn. God damn. Raul in peace. Um, now what if this? What if this hidden wisdom, hidden wisdom of the arrow is that you can get more stand powers? You can get more stands. What if you just get more powers out of it? Like what if kind of like what st- happened to um. Uh, Kira? Yeah, a bit like that, but with a... In fact, yeah, literally just like that. <laughs> you mean got... the thing that we've seen happen with the arrow? Yeah, what if that's it? What if that's the hidden wisdom? You just get more powers if you get stabbed again, <laughs> but it's broken. So maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe that's it. All right, let's find out next time. Thanks for listening to JoJo's World. I've been Liam S. Smith. And I've been Nick Ballantyne. Reporting in from JoJo's World. A.K.A. Liam's Wardrobe. Yep. Yep. If, because I got blasted on Patreon for not spruiking my Patreon enough. Um, you got put on roast as we figured Sorry, out. Sorry, I got put on roast, not put on blast, put on roast yep. by a guy on Patreon for not spruiking the Patreon enough. You may have noticed a few subtle subliminal hints about it previously uh, in this episode. And now I'm being very superliminal that we have a Patreon that you can support us financially on patreon.com slash jojo's world which is on patreon.com right now. You can get bonus episodes a shout out on the show. We're recording the dumbest bonus episode we've ever done this very afternoon. I don't know about ever done. Certainly very up there though. It's got to be up there with the basketball bracket. No, that wasn't really dumb. I was more thinking like Bionicle was pretty dumb. Uh, that was pretty cool. Yeah, but you would think it's pretty cool, wouldn't you? Because you love Bionicle. Sure. <laughs> you have strong feelings regarding Bionicle. Until and- next time. To, to be, be continued. continued. Arrivederci.